0: What is up, everybody? Thank you once again for tuning in to another segment of the Cash Geeks Network. As you guys know, we come at you guys live every single week with the heat, someone who's crushing it in real estate. And today we have my man, Kyle, and I'm super pumped to be be doing this because it's the first time we've ever done a live recording. You guys might not be able to see this. We might cut this in, but we have a live audience which has never been done before at the Cash Geeks Network. And we are here at the Rhea main monthly meeting. So thank you, Rhea, for allowing us to do this. Kyle, thank you for being here. Guys, I'm G, and this is the Cash Geeks Network. Dude, that worked out just as good as we planned it. Yeah. Hell yeah. Awesome. Are we done? We're done. All right, let's go home. Let's do it. No, so uh, yeah, this is fun. I mean, if you guys have watched the Cash Geeks Network, it's super chill, super laid back. We just talk deals, talk real estate. We have some beers, or at least I have a beer. You know, sometimes the guests do or not. Um, But Kyle, dude, thanks for doing this, man.
1: Thank you. You already said real estate once, though. That's true. I need to take a shot.
0: That's true. Does anybody not know who Kyle is? Okay. All right. So who is Kyle Paskowitz and what is Yellowbird?
1: Um,
0: I, I just want to, I'm
1: going to start off and, and give a little introduction myself, but I want to thank Jax Ria guys. Probably 2004 is when I got in the business and this is one of the first places that I came to. Um, and uh, it's where I learned, it's where a lot of the people around me learned. So I applaud Jax Ria. I know how hard it is to stay in a, to, to continue to do this year over year and time over time and, and, and uh, keep it going with different board members different stuff so kind of applaud you guys applaud you guys for showing up um, and uh, thank you for everything that they've done for my career and, and the people I've met and everything along the way
2: same yeah um,
1: but uh, I own a company called Yellowbird. bird um, I've got two other business partners I've been in the business I said kind of said in 2004 um, you know over the last what's that 18 19 years um, I've done almost everything you can name within single-family real estate um, traditionally buying and flipping houses owning rental properties um, uh, we lend hard money we've done land development i've owned a home staging company i've owned a title company i've owned an air conditioning company uh construction company um and uh through all that i've learned learned every lesson good and bad that you can do i feel like and uh here to share as much as i can um and uh hopefully uh add some value to to you and your network and everybody here in the room
0: hell yeah man i mean it's i mean you've, you've been on the show probably like twice once or twice never Never. I've been
1: trying not to. You guys forced this one. This like oh, I showed this... up not trying to be on a podcast, and then I get here, and I'm like I'm on a podcast live. So, so how,
0: how's the fam? How's fam, the kids? Kids. That's that's life
1: right now. So so the majority, the majority of my time right now is spending raising. I have three kids. I got a one year old, three year old, five year old, and uh, spend a lot of time with them. Um, it's a lot of fun, and uh, it's uh, it's became more and more important, obviously, um, yeah. and, and uh, raising them is a, is a huge part of my life right now. So that's life's awesome, good. Man. And congrats on your, your new one. Thank Welcome, you, bro. welcome. Your life changed. Yes. It's not as easy yes. now. You can't wake up every day and do whatever that you want
0: every morning. Nope. So, um, yeah. So congrats. what is it like having a crazy real estate business? One of the biggest, I would say, you know, definitely in Jacksonville, but probably in the country. Um, what is it like running a business and having three little ones? You
1: know, You'll realize over time that one one you become good at something. So you do, eight thousand flips over the years, right? You you realize you realize the ins and outs of the business. So and then you you surround yourself with really good people, and that's sort of what we've done. Uh, Pat Flynn, who's my business partner, really runs our company at this point and runs it from the people, the management, all that stuff. So uh, when you have people as good as him uh, that can you know lead and, and grow your team and make sure you've got quality talent, it really takes the pressure off of me. So. Um, Today, you know, I utilize my resources and, uh, you know, my knowledge and and, and what I've done over the years um, and let my team, you know, grow and
0: uh, overcome all the obstacles of obviously a a difficult business. Right. So I know that the culture at Yellowbird is very important. So can you talk a little bit about that and how the culture has evolved and how it's changed recently with everything going on? I mean, it's... You know, it's it's probably
1: the most important thing because yeah. there's nothing worse than being in an office environment that's miserable, right? Or being around people you don't like. And, and I've I've played that role before. And today, you know, today we're we're blessed and and work to a point where, you know, the money part of it's not the not the main driver, right? right? So seeing the people around you grow, trying to. Raise people up, um, having a tight knit group, and, and we spend I spend more time with my teammates, you know, at Yellowbird, than we do with my family, and, and traditionally. So, um, so you want to be around people you love, and you you want to be part of it, um, and so we've we've adapted into that, and uh, it's been a lot of fun.
0: That's awesome, so, man.
1: And it's easy when you have good people. It's really hard to have good culture when you got a bunch of idiots, but when you got a really good group, it's really easy.
0: Yeah, this is awesome this is the first time we've ever done this live and now i feel like i'm in a freaking tv yeah, production studio I do. I right I, I don't know what to do with my hands yeah. you know but uh so back back to team team culture and you know i'll, I'll be straight up like the culture is very important especially in these changing times sure. right and so how have you guys kind of pivoted with everything going on i know we had to extremely pivot i mean we had to cut staff we had to reanalyze who our buyers are. We had to just change with the market. And it's challenging to do that and have a great culture of, sure. hey, we're, you know." when you build a culture of, we're winning left and right, left and right. And now it's like, shit, we're not winning left and right. Like the culture, how, how do you guys handle that? I mean, extremely difficult. I mean, yeah. we've
1: like everybody else, I mean, everybody's going through that. Um, a lot of, you know, I'll, I'll you know do another one for Pat, but Pat is so good at rebringing everybody. Should we in. have just interviewed and, Pat? Yeah, it what's going been way on? Better. It would have been way better. He's so good at rebringing in and realigning the people. And I think what it takes is when you don't have the right answer, you don't have exactly what everybody should do, and, and roles responsibilities changed. What it takes is is a lot more communication than normal. Yeah, um, a lot more upfront, a lot more honesty to people. Mm-hmm. Like I don't have an exact role for you today, but. But my suggestion is, if you want to be part of this, stay in the game, stay persistent. Like, real estate, no matter what it does, the business isn't going anywhere. Um, There's going to be money to be made. There's going to be, you know, everything you want that you want to achieve is in the business. Um, And and so a lot of times you just got to re like, lift people up. Yeah. And and in this time and age, you got to do it way more often than, you know, when everything's
0: cooking. Yeah. Yeah. So. I'm happy you brought that up because, you know, staying in the game is something that, you know, I attend a bunch of, networking events and mastermind groups and all that and staying in the game is a big phrase now that everybody's saying right so what does Dang, that look I thought like i came up with that yeah <laughs> what what does that look like for you and like for the team like what does staying in the game mean it's easy so for me it's easy i've been around this so right. so these
1: transitions and i mean i was around in 2008 and uh and so i've been around this enough and and, and it's also easy for me because like the comfortability of finances and stuff like that i don't worry about that so i'm not worried about making my next mortgage payment or mm. or anything like that so I, I for me it's very comfortable um and for us it's, it's really a lot of times it's putting trying to put that comfortability to everybody and letting them realize like you're in the right space you're in a very good business at a very good time i mean if you're in jacksonville florida right now in real estate like there's not a much better spot to be um, opportunity, you know, whatever shakes out of the market and everything else. And there's, there's, you know, you can talk to different people and there's 50 different opinions. And, yeah. and my answer is always, I have no idea.
0: Yeah.
1: Um, but at the same point, it doesn't mean that the business is, not go, is going away. It doesn't mean you can't, it's not a good time to buy rentals. It doesn't mean it's not a good time to uh, flip houses. Um, you know, you've got to look at stuff. Um, I was actually speaking yesterday on a ULI panel um, in, in San Jose Country Club. And uh, we were, it was a build for rent conference, but somehow I got talking about that um, but but it was I was speaking on this thing and there was different questions and I think it really comes down to there's the macro stuff that's going on in the in the world and the economy and everything else and 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 it's stuff you should pay attention to especially as a business owner and what's happening but really what matters is your personal and your micro level is what's happening in your life your people um, what's going on there mm-hmm. and it doesn't really matter whether your company has one thing or something else you've just got to focus on like what you can do and what you can control and, uh, and continue down the road and and the truth of the matter is like any little hiccups happen and you want them to happen. Right. Nobody wants to, if we, if we sustain the same market we were going in the first half of this year or last year, you know, it just, it was unsustainable. Right. Um, You can't see 20, 30% appreciation over and over again, or, or you're going to really see, you know, bigger issues. Yeah. Um, and so I think it's a, it's a good wake up call for a lot of people. It's, it's, it's people that are resilient and stick in the business are going to be rewarded. Um, people that are, you know, doing their thing. So, um, doesn't phase me at all, um, but it is a challenge to, to align people. It definitely is.
0: Yeah, yeah, that makes sense. And so one of the things that I love about this podcast, I get to you know, just learn from people who have been through the last crash sometimes, right? And so for somebody who's been through it, right? And some people here may have never gone through it, right? I mean, I got into the game in 2015, 2016, so it was after it bottomed out and started picking up. So I've never been through a market crash, sort of say. So what would you say is different about it this time? I mean, it's it's not even like, you,
1: you got to think like six months ago or four or five months ago when, when we really started to feel a little bit of pressure, interest rates went up and, and, and you know, the game kind of changed overnight. You know, there was a lot more stress. When you look at it today, like the, Fed, the Fed's not going to push it Way they're going to see some more rate hikes, but they're going to be you know one or two or three rate hikes, and it's going to be very minor, right? Like inflation is coming down, all that data is coming down. You look at our inventory levels in Jacksonville; they rose from you know twenty one hundred units to seven thousand units, maybe seventy two hundred units at its peak, and it's down to 6,100, 6,200, right. 6,200 today. So you've actually seen a decrease in units in, in the last thirty days. That's yeah. a big deal. Right. So a really big deal. Um, and, and where that goes, it's I mean. It, it, it again for your market, your micro level. Yeah, it may be a good sign for you. For somebody else that was waiting for right. catastrophe, or waiting for yeah. some crazy opportunities, maybe not a good sign. Right. If somebody's waiting right. for the real estate market going to drop to buy their personal house or something. You know, it's not a good sign, right, um, for that person. So I think you got to look at it in a micro level. Look at it for you personal. What can you do, and uh, figure it out. But I don't think you're going to see anything massive here. Like, right. I don't think you're going to see now, now globally things can change and, then you know, there's a lot of stuff that happens, but, um, I think everybody should be confident in this market. Yeah. You know, we're not, we're not running scared by any means. Right. Right. So. Right.
0: So how are you, or I guess, what are you most excited about this time around?
1: I, well i don't think is this time around the right thing i think okay. i think um i don't think this is like this crazy opportunity that we're gonna you know in some ways i was hoping for that right? right like i was hoping like hey provide me another something fun it gets kind of you know when everybody can play the game it's not as exciting as when you have this like a little edge up yeah um today you know is there an edge up maybe a little bit we have more capital than we used to have and stuff like that you know in a lot of ways i could really do really well if there was a massive correction um, cause I think, you know, I did very well with no money going into it. And today we just know so much more. We've got better capital. We've got better relationships. So like I could attack it at a much higher level right. if the opportunity presented itself at the same time, you know, Jacksonville's not hidden anymore. It's not, a, it's, 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 it's known by everybody. There's a lot of money here. Money will pour in with any opportunity and yes, we're financially in good shape to take advantage of it, but there'll be, uh, you know, billions of dollars behind that with other institutions that'll also be attacking it. So to think I'm going to steal houses at the foreclosure auction or no one's going to show up at the tax deed auction anymore, like it was in 2011, 12, it's just not going to happen.
0: Right. So, so you do, you've done a lot historically with institutions, hedge funds, and they were gobbling up everything and then they kind of paused, right? Um, We had a lot of business with them. And so what are you seeing from their, discussions, anything, anything coming soon. They
1: have a ton of money. They're they're not going anywhere and you're gonna see them enter back. Gotcha. I mean, that's really what it comes down to. Interest rates play into their game just like me or you, right? Yeah. So if you're buying a rental, they have the same issue. They've got they've got, you know, they raise equity and they go out and buy, you know, thousands of homes and then they and then they securitize them, refinance them, however they're gonna do it. And that interest rate driver is massive for them. Um, and 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 everybody's kind of sitting there watching, waiting, seeing what's gonna happen. But but there's billions and billions of dollars allocated towards single-family rentals as a business that'll yeah. be around forever, um, and it's not going anywhere. Right. Like it, right. That's something I know now. Whether it happens this year and they come back hard this year, or next year, I have no idea. Right. But but ten years from now, we'll look back and and you won't really you won't think about this six-month blip where they got out
0: of it. Mm-hmm. You'll just say, "Holy shit, they own a ton of houses. Right. You know, they own way more <clears throat> houses." What are your What are your thoughts on that? Because I know it's like. It's a big controversial subject, right? On like Wall Street sure. owning as many houses as they can. I don't blame them. Sure. You know what I mean. So like, what what are your thoughts on that? Just curious. Yeah, I, think there's,
1: I think there's positives and negatives to it, right? So right. like, if you think about the the rental inventory ten, you know, let's say 15 years ago, it was it was very it was very hard to find something that was professionally managed. It was all mom and pops. It was it was hard to have some standardization to it. It's sort of like if you go to a city and you, and there's a Holiday Inn and there's this, you know, local hotel, you just feel a little bit more comfortable going to the Holiday Inn. You feel like the service is going to be there, the AC goes out versus you don't know who this guy is. And I think that's, right. you know, they're, they're sort of bringing that to the space. So from, from the rental class perspective, it's more quality properties, properly managed, not, you know, you're not worried if they're going to come fix your air conditioning unit, like they're going to do that, they're scheduled to do that. They have the systems and stuff um you know but it's but it's going to decrease home ownership there's just no doubt Right. and there's going to be you know it's going to make it more expensive uh more difficult to get into um and and so that's where like you know in a lot of ways if you want to be a landlord you, today may be the best time ever to buy houses because right. it may not get easier mm. um it really may not get easier
0: yeah so so as far as yellowbird goes right so what is what is like the goals right now for this year um and maybe you know like for example, you could ask me that question and I'd be like, I don't know, we're trying to figure it out like one month at a time, right, for my company. So like, what is, what is Yellowbird focused on right now? You know, a lot of, it, a lot of you know, we've, we've had a ton
1: of discussions around that. Um, you know, I've been in the, let's call it the home flipping single family business for 18 years. Um, I don't want to be here in five or 10 years. Like I don't want to be talking about individual houses. I don't want to be in that space forever. Um, where I, don't I want s- to be Sell my- houses to Kyle yeah. while you can. So I don't want to make that my primary focus. I've been through it. I've, I've done, I've, I've kind of maxed out my, how far I want to go in that business. Right. Um, and so we, we spend a lot of time trying to figure out, you know, in a lot of, in a lot of discussions are, is about your people, your staff, and how to, how do we best utilize them? Because also I'm not doing them a service if, if my motivation is not to grow. Because if yeah. I, if I have a company that, you know, we were buying first half of the year, we were buying 50 houses a month which provides, you know, you can, you can pay your people better. You can bonus them better. You can provide a, a track record to get to somewhere, but we're also in a position where even during that time period, like we don't know if we would care to go back there to that, to be that, to be that our, our benchmark, you know, do, right. do like, it doesn't, it doesn't really excite me to go from 50 houses a month to 60 houses a month, to 70 houses a month. Like there's no, there's no additional thing versus, you know, you know, maybe something else or something else. So we're, we're constantly looking and talking and, and, uh, we have the, we have the right people to do something at a different level than, than playing in the single family space forever um, at the same time we're really good at what we do and, and we love it and until and the day I die if you bring me a real estate deal I'm gonna do it right like it's
0: not I'm not gonna say no yeah so it's, it's yeah you'll so. still hit me with some text messages oh, like, hey I still, what do you I still got? play it I'll play that game no matter yeah, what trust oh, me that's trust awesome me, so. Um, so I know I know um, there's a big push right now with like the brokerage side right of Yellowbird. So do you want to talk a little bit about that?
1: Yeah, we're you know we go back and forth on that. There, the brokerage game is um, it's a really good business if you put if you put really good attention to it, but there's a lot of competition, right? Yeah. So like anywhere you go, there's there's a cheaper alternative right. to to your to that model. Um, so it's constantly changing, and the decisions of where do you want to take it is a is a you know for us. We started a brokerage, you know, let's call it early this year, halfway through this year, um, and where we want to take it is a little bit up in the air. Uh, we've we've discussed, you know, making it a something we'd scale outside of Jacksonville. We've also discussed keeping a small, little, localized team. And, and I will say, I don't have a great a great uh, definition where this is where yeah. we're going with it. No, so I, it's hard. I There's it. every time you can, you can pick one way and say, hey, let's yeah. grow it, and, and I think we can have a competitive advantage at at X. Um, you know, there's a, there's a pushback of saying as, in order to do that, we, you know, are we gonna put the effort? Is this what we love to do? Is, right. this, is this a space we wanna play in forever?
0: Yeah. Um, and, and so, and we're just not sure. Right, so. right. So kind of looking back, I mean, you've been in the game for 18 years. I mean, your portfolio got up into the thousands, right? Mm-hmm. And so you've flipped a ton of houses, been in the game for 18 years. What, what would you say, for people who are just kind of not even just starting out, but just kind of figuring out, right? Like, hey, I maybe flipped a house, flipped a couple houses last year, or I had a great year and flipped 50 houses. It was my, you know, third year in. Like, what what would be your advice for people trying to find their groove? Like, what 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 would you say looking back? Like, man, I wish I would have done this, or this is the one thing that I definitely sure. missed out on that I should have done more. Sure.
1: I mean, I think the, you know, the single family, if if you're talking about home flipping, owning rental properties, like I said, it'll be around forever. It's a phenomenal, it's a phenomenal business. It really is. Um, It can provide you as much or as little as you want. There's a lot, I know a lot of people that flip one house a month and they do 12 houses a year and they make $20,000 a house and they don't work. Yeah. I mean, literally they're they're always available, they're always on vacation, they're always doing whatever they want to do. And they describe, and that's a that's a perfect life for that person. And right. I have a lot of conversations with that person, and they'll say, Well, I really want to do this. And, and it's like, Are you sure you want to give that right. up? Right. You really want to hire staff. Yeah. I had a, a coffee with a guy uh two days ago, and it was he he did like 70 or 80 houses last year, did really, really well financially. And he's and he's and to, to most people, they would look at that and be like, that's where i want to be right, right. He's, he's not it's not that he's miserable by any means but he's not found what he wants yep. right so it doesn't matter that the dola, the, and the dollar number was a million dollars right of, mm. of of money brought in which to most people it's like man if i can make a million dollars in a year but then you have somebody that was previously not at that not near that level that achieved it and is still trying to figure out eh, is this really what i want, want to do forever is this is this enough is not not the dollar number is the actual effort and everything right. that goes into it enough and so i think a lot of time should be focused on um, on oneself and figure that out. And I think um, age will do that to you, yeah. just in general. Like you're still super young when you're my age and you have seven kids, hopefully, because you started younger than me. Um, you'll, you'll, realize, you'll realize what's important to you and what's important to you will be different than me. But age will kind of do that to you. Um, kids will do that to you. Yeah. And, uh, and there's not a right answer for everybody. Um, I think the right answer for everybody, though, is invest in yourself and, and, and surround yourself with like studs. Find your surround yourself with mentors, people that you can rely upon. Um, and it'll make your life so much easier. Your chances of success are so much higher. Nobody that's successful in this business does it alone. Just right. doesn't happen. Doesn't happen. So if you if you're, like to be to yourself, you don't like to share information. If you don't like to, you know, do deals with other people or you don't have that ability to do it, you don't survive. Or you don't achieve the next level, right? Mm-hmm. And so I always tell everybody, you know, my answer to that would be is like like triple down on yourself. Right. Like inflation can't take away yourself. Government can't take you know taxes. They can't tax your your own knowledge. Right. Um, but so if you just double down, triple down on yourself, your network, your friends, things like that. Like it doesn't matter. And then and then there's not a right or wrong on how many deals you do. Like I know a lot of people that have done you know do two hundred deals last year and they made. The same amount of money as the guy that uh, the guy that sold the twelve houses and did one flip a month. Oh, I know how yeah. that goes. So yeah, maybe it's you. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so, I, I know I mean, how that goes. So. I know how
0: that goes. So you mentioned having breakfast with somebody. You're a big breakfast guy. Big breakfast guy. What's up with breakfast with Kyle? It's uh, you know it started probably five years ago as a as a
1: way to meet new people and it's and that's what's become. Um, yeah. So every so for every two weeks I do a breakfast. Um, and I have, uh, Elaine. I think she's here today, Can if anybody wants to sign up or, or get on the list to sign up. But I do a breakfast out in Neptune Beach at a little breakfast place I go to all the time. But you get um, the same thing every same time? Same thing every time. Like, yeah, I'm yeah. just a creature of habit, right? Yeah. So, but I do a breakfast with the, with the intention of meeting new people. Right. So it's not, I don't, I've, you've came, I, you can come sometimes, right? But it's not the intention's not for you to come right. every single week. But one thing okay. I've learned about uh, breakfast, which, what's good about breakfast for me is one, I like the first thing in the morning. Um, I think mm. that your mind's clear. You're not getting, you're not, you haven't gone through the day. You're not getting the whirlwind of everything else. You're not distracted, right. um, especially when like for me, it's routine. Um, it's a small group. So it's normally four or five people, which I think is the right way to network. It's yeah. really hard one-on-one. If I took you to, If I took you to breakfast one-on-one, And I didn't really like you or I, or you, or whatever reason I, it would, it would, I get turned off. I get distracted. I try to be out with five people. You can't really escape it. Right. But also the questions that come up in the conversation that comes up with five people, somebody else, you know, you can have the quiet person over here that hasn't spoke at all, but they're going to ask something that's really good. Yeah. And the whole group's going to just, you're going to spend 30 minutes talking about whatever that is. And our conversations with breakfast go from like real estate's like a very small piece. Yeah. Of where I like to take it, because yep. I like to meet people personally, and, and I can say from that breakfast, I've done, I've made millions of dollars. There's yeah. no doubt. I've done hundreds of deals, and I've and I've created a lot of good friendships from it. That's um, awesome, like no doubt. And and I and literally when I start the breakfast, my first thing I always tell everybody is like I do this purposely. I do this for a reason. I suggest everybody else do it. Yeah. Just don't call it like breakfast with G. Like that's oh, that would be stealing. i
0: I think I'm gonna have like mid midnight snack. Yeah, like yeah, midnight do something snack else. with G. Yes. You know? Yes. Just don't copy yeah. it. I'd yeah. be no, no, no you get sued. I've already trained questions. Yeah. So. <laughs> so really quick little plug, how do people sign up for breakfast with Kyle? By the way, I've oh, Elena's a- here, she's outside. Okay. So find the yellow bird, find the yellow bird table, find the yellow bird table. If you guys are interested in signing up breakfast with Kyle, it's, it's, it's by far my
1: best way. Like people will reach out and Hey, I want to grab coffee and whatever. And I'm telling you, I'll forget you if I have coffee with you. Yeah. I won't forget you at breakfast because it's just, I, I I allocate an hour and a half of my time. It's not, I'm not in a rush. I don't have distractions. Like it's in my calendar. It's, it's, and I'm attentive. Yeah. And I'm, and I just, am not a lot of times during the middle of the day.
0: Yeah. And so. That's awesome. Yeah. I mean, I've been to probably like two or three. Um, that I'm allowed to go, you know, yeah, that, yeah. I, I always put in my name and they're like, all right, dude, you're you you you're, you're always here. Yeah. Um, but I mean, it's, it, I agree, dude. It's it's one of those things where like, mind is clear and discussions get brought up. I mean, I've taken a lot from just, you know, one hour at breakfast with Kyle and it may not have even been the question that I asked, sure. you know, someone asks you a question and I'm just there just like, yeah. oh shit, that's how he handles that. Okay. I wouldn't have even thought about asking that question. Right. So, so definitely sign up if you haven't. Um, with that being said, why do you pour so much into the community? You guys do Yellowbird Connect, which is huge, and I want to ask you about that. Right? Yeah. Is there another one coming up? What is that looking like? Uh, but like, why do you pour so much into the community? I mean, it's a, it's a it's
1: completely a team game, right? And so if you you can't scale and you I can't do fifty houses a month. I mean, a lot of it's that, right? Mm. You can't do fifty houses a month on your own like I need everyone I meet with breakfast I need I need you know the goal of that right is first top of mind like if I can become top of mind of every single person in Jacksonville when they're talking about you know distressed real estate or whatever that's that's where we all want to be right everyone in this room should try to become top of mind for every single person that they can so i mean that that's a that's a big part and the more you just put out there and the more the nicer you are and the easier you are to the closer that you are to allowing that and people to come to you and showing you that you're not you know that you'll answer your phone, that you'll answer your right. text, that you're doing whatever. Like it's it, it, it's a it's a very good way to operate this business. Right. right. It's a very good way to do it. So we do that. We enjoy it. You get to a point in your life, and, and again, when you're younger, you, you hide stuff. When I was your age, I was I was you know kind of keeping deals to myself and very quiet about it. Um, but you get to a point when you're you know you're older, you like to you like to share it. You like to be part of it. I like when you call me with a question because I know the answer. Right. And it's it's and it's nice for me to tell you the answer. Yeah. Right. And it's nice to be. And able he's to always you right. About. he's always right but like you just it's nice to be able to share that why not right Right. like you wish you know you you hope your kids call you kids are here you hope they call you when they have questions right Right. it's the same thing
0: do you look at me as like your kid Kyle (laughs) how old are you again 22 I'm 27 I know you're not I'm 27 bro you have been around you've been around a while dude I remember when you were like 19 Yeah. yeah 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 so no yeah I got in at 19 and now I'm like I'm not a young buck I anymore, know. man. Yeah, I'm um, not a young buck anymore, man. But I mean, if you want to be my dad, bro. I mean, <laughs> yeah, you know, cool. I don't know. We, you're in the will. We can talk about you're our breakfast. Will. We can talk about our breakfast. You know. Um, but that's awesome, man. Because I think I think you're right. Like most people trying to become the next yellow bird right, should incorporate that community. 100%. Uh, top it's, of mind is huge. It's such the right thing to do. Yeah. Such the yeah. right thing to do. I'll get back from breakfast with Kyle, walk into the office, be like, yo, send Kyle that deal. Let's, let's just see what he, you know, 100%. just because I went to breakfast with you. Yep. Yeah, that's yep. awesome. So it's top of the, mind. It's
1: such the right thing to do. And I don't think it's not, it doesn't have to just be real estate. I think anywhere in business, it's right, right? It's right to get in front of your customers. Yeah. Um, and if you can do it genuinely, it's, right. it's, it's a thousand times better. And face-to-face, it's a thousand times better. That's awesome um, so and i think so. our business it, it just it needs it you need to do it if you want to hit real
0: scale right so so i'm curious right you, you said obviously in the next couple of years you're probably gonna outgrow this single family hustle sure. right so what are like what are some of the thoughts ideas of like what can come you know obviously we won't hold you to it right but like what are some things that we can expect from Kyle in the next 5-10 years? Like what does that vision look like from somebody at your level?
1: I mean, I think a lot of it, a lot of a lot of my thoughts and and how we communicate, especially within our partnership and everything else is is I've got, you know, I've got a business partner Pat who who can operate at a level I've never seen. Mm. As far as working with people, holding them accountable, actually caring about it. You know, right. like like I'm a little bit different. Like I, I care about our people at the same time. I don't know if I'm gonna go as far as Pat would go. I I, I'll, I don't. I care about right? our people, but at
0: the same time, I don't care about time, our time, people. Same time,
1: like I'm a, I'm, a, I'm, a, I'm a much more selfish, much more like person. Um, accountability, like I'm not, I'm accountable to myself. I'm, I, I'm not good at holding you accountable, right? right. Like I expect right. you to be at my level, right? right. As, a, as an operator, you can't live that. You can't, mm. you, you have hundreds of employees or 30 employees. Like you can't expect everybody to be you. Um, and so I've typically worked in a very, like personally, in a very tight, small environment where I have the people that I trust around me, um, but, but that can only get you so far. And so I think a lot of our, our talks about doing, you know, doing whatever is next or whatever is, is I think we have the people um, and the people to pull off something at a much bigger scale than single family home flipping. And I have no ambitions to become open door. Mm. Or to try to do single-family home flipping in multiple markets—it's—it's—it's it's, it's not going to happen. It's out, It's not. It's. No one's ever really done it. We don't care to do it. Right. It's not where we're going to be.
0: What do you think um, is going to happen to Open Door? Good question. I don't know.
3: I bought, know I bought their stock at a buck twenty. I'm, I'm like calling about, Kyle with a question. I
1: at sixty today. I had to. <laughs> I literally bought. I. I think it's. I don't know. I mean. Did you buy did, Party City? No, I was actually looking to see what it is today. That's at a fifty. I'm up like thirty cents a share. Oh, nice. So, um, so you're getting into the stock market. I, so no, I think I, I think the whole uh, I buyer model. I've said it from the beginning. Like I, yeah. I said it. I said it. I was in an IMN panel. Um, it, it was probably 2018, 19, and and this this shows how dumb I am sometimes. That I signed up for an IMN panel and it was a C-suite panel, right? That's what they call. It. So C, CEOs, right? I didn't know I didn't know what a C suite was when I hell signed up. Yeah. I thought it was like C level rentals, which I do know. I know C level yeah, rentals. I know C level so rentals. I'm on I'm on a panel with it's it's like it's American Homes to Rent, invitation, and they put me at the very end, right? Oh, so how I ended yeah. up in this panel, it's the main room. You've been to i yeah, yeah, So the main room, hundreds of you people. You were in the main room? Hundreds of people, oh, main room. I'm pushed to the very end of this thing. Had no idea. An open door comes up, right? The model, and everybody's this is all these are the these are the CEOs of like yeah. four or five of the biggest uh, the biggest um, hedge funds right. operators, right. something like that, and uh, it was actually I had a lot of fun because um, I disagreed with almost everything everybody said and, and tried to add controversy, which makes typically makes a panel way better right. than everybody right. just agreeing and it goes agreeable. But the thing came up about Open Door, and it was kind of down the line. Like, yeah, I think it's a great model and and it's needed and everything else. And I'm and I'm sitting here like, guys, like from an operator level, have been the guy that's been doing this for you know probably 15 years of the time. I said. They are missing the struggles and scaling that. And every single market's different. Every construction's different in one city. Everything about it is so different, and you can see in their stock price. I mean, it was trading at thirty-five dollars a share, and it's at buck fifty today. Right? right. And they've lost all valuation. Yeah. They're bleeding um, from that. You don't. But you also don't know where it comes. Like they could easily raise a bunch of capital yep. to stay in the game, and and you don't know. You don't know where it comes, but but from the scalable outside of markets, multiple places doing it everywhere and being this, you know, being this, click a button and you and you sell your house and it's super easy. I think uh, I think it's just such a difficult. It's so it's it's difficult enough for Yellowbird to do it in Jacksonville, Florida, with a massive amount of knowledge of our market space. I would not know how to answer any questions outside of that. Right. And you've got and now they're trying to hire people and trust people to do it and technology and all that and the truth of the matter it's such a localized business um, which is also why it makes so much opportunity for everybody you know in this room is because they they're not going to compete with you like mm-hmm. we have such an advantage over open door right they don't know what we know right um, they can't be as nimble they can't move as fast they can't close as fast they got to follow the, they got to follow the book so if i have an offer you know back in, for a long time like you know open door makes an offer and we have an offer ours is lower we would beat them out all the time because i'm going to close tomorrow Right. You know, right. I don't have to do an inspection. Mm. So like we have those nimble things that, that we, has allowed us to beat them in a lot of cases. Um, and in order for them to conform, what you've seen lately is their offers are just way down, right? Yeah. And so they've reduced their offers, which really just kind of takes away from what they tried to do. Like they were in the business to like take a little percentage off of the deal. And now they're trying to lowball, which is right. as they probably need to and should but you're just you're you're you take that whole service level out of it, right? Right. right. And so um, I think they're I think they're believing. I think they're trying to do what they can do. Um, yeah. I I like I actually like it's it's cool when you have that it's really nice we have a we have a vehicle um uh old yellowbird van that we're literally trading in. we take it to carmax you get it you you get a check right you drive up with carmax you give them a car and they write you a check that's sort of what open door is it's a great service to society because real estate is clunky it's slow if you need money quickly like it'd be great if you can get it still so hard it's so much different than a car there's so much to it the data is so much different there's you can't see behind walls you can't see what's happening you don't know everything and so um, and, and I don't care what algorithm or technology they use; it's it's, it's going to be a struggle. So I don't like the model, but but it, but it doesn't mean they're 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 gone. Right. Right. Right.
0: So as far as I guess you talked about like Feds are, t- are talking about raising interest rates. But inventory came down a little bit. Like, what are your thoughts? And obviously, you don't have a crystal ball. But what are just your opinions on like? No idea. Somebody in here. Right. Like, okay, no idea. Yeah, yeah. But like somebody in here, like what, what should they do to stay ahead of whatever can come? Right. Like, I mean, are you like knocking down 10% of ARV? I know like some people are saying, Hey, take your ARV, knock down 10%, add a buffer for this. Like what should people do to stay on their toes? It depends what game you... they're playing. Okay. Right. So it depends on what
1: game you're playing. But if you're, let's, let's talk about like flipping houses. I mean, you should, if you're, if you're buying something to resell, you know, and you're looking at inventory levels going down, you're looking coming into the spring season, which is typically a good time to buy. Um, if, it, what, what we focus on and what I focus on when I'm, when I'm valuing something, I, I do a really big focus on actives and way less focus on what, what the previous comps are. Mm. So I'm looking at what's my competition going to be. You know how big of a job is it going to be when's this thing going to be on the market because you know in, in the short term real estate moves really slow i mean right. if you think about like going back to the, the crash of 2008 the massive difference right like massive crash you know Lehman Brothers is gone banks are gone really disruption right like a lot of massive disruption it still took five years four years to see a bottom right it's still slow like you the people that got their, you know, handed to in 2008, the problem is a lot of them were just greedy. They, yeah. were, they weren't they were willing to just take a five or $10,000 loss on that house and they just chased it down and they chased it down and they chased it down and they gave up. And and that was kind of the nature of it. And, and so I'm not, I don't think anyone should be concerned about the short term. Um, but if you have a project that's, you know, six months out and you're trying to predict where's value going to be in six months, yeah, you're taking a risk. Right. And nobody knows. Right. Nobody knows where we're going to be in six months, mm. but but I'm not scared at all to buy a house today and put it on the market. But I am looking at the actives and I'm looking at you know do I think if there's you know six houses in a neighborhood for sale and and they're all the exact same that I can price mine thirty thousand dollars higher than those? No, right. And so so I'm so even though previously let's say back in the summer there was stuff that sold that thirty thousand dollars higher. So we're looking heavily at actives. Um, what's on the market? What's my competition going to be like? Um, and, uh, and it, the, the Fed's going to do what the Fed does. It, it, it doesn't really matter. Again, that's the, the macro level. Like, just think yeah. about your yourself, your deals. Does it make sense to you? And if it's quality it's, and it's it is desirable mm-hmm. and it's an area where somebody would want to buy a house, then, like, I don't think you should be scared of it yeah. by any means. Right. Um, there's plenty of capital out there. There's plenty of lenders out there. There's plenty of money available. Um, there's plenty of buyers out there. Um, And there's a massive, there's still a lack of inventory. Jacksonville's growing. You know, if we were sitting in Detroit, it may be a different story, right? Like their their inventory hasn't come down, it's continuing to go up. And so like, it's a different story, but like where we're located um, in Florida, we're blessed to be here. and, uh, and And I just would not be, I would not be
0: concerned if you know what you're doing and you're buying a quality deal. Right. That's interesting because I think that everybody's focused on the macro a lot all the time. Right. And everybody's just worried about the news and what's going on with this and what's going on with open door and what's good. You know what I mean? And, and I think that that's huge that someone at your level just brings it back down to dude, just worry about your deals. Yeah.
1: Well, and the same talk with, can you, can you go buy 50 houses a month? Sure. Do you want to do that? Right. You know, like it's, it's still micro, it still comes down to like people, you know, especially when you get to a certain scale of business and you probably guys have seen this, but you get to a certain scale of business, everyone's expecting you to do the next thing, the bigger thing, buy more. Why don't Kyle, why don't you get into apartments? Why don't you go do this? Why don't you do this? And the truth of the matter is like, this is my my life, my decision. Yeah. You know, my my goals maybe not aligned with apartments or mm-hmm. not aligned with whatever this next level is and what I want to do. And and maybe I'm super comfortable with where I'm at. Maybe I just like hanging out with a couple of people in my office. Maybe right. right? And there, there's not a wrong which is which is an awesome thing about business, is it's your business. You do what you want to do with it. Yeah. You know, you, you you get the rewards of it, you get to take the heat of it, but it's ultimately your business and there's no good there's no right way to play it. And I think when you when you get comfortable with that and, and especially like inner comfortable and like for us as, as a partnership, we get comfortable, myself gets comfortable, my family gets comfortable with it, then, then it doesn't really matter. Cause no matter what it, from a single family thing, we're never going to be the wealthiest people in real estate. I promise you that right. we're not playing the right game. Hmm. Um, so, but you can live a
0: phenomenal life right. and create a, a phenomenal life doing this business. So what's, what's your favorite thing about life right now?
1: I mean, watching, I have three young kids, so watching them grow, um, you know, a lot of, it's exciting right now that we're, you know, just like you guys are going through transitions, we're going through transitions. There's a lot of exciting talk within our company, our people, um, a lot of good direction is kind of coming and, and those communications are going around. Um, and, and we're just in a really, really good spot to, to, uh, to look for that stuff, right? To, to look for kind of whatever is next. And it's, it's just an exciting time, right? Like we were, you're buying 50 houses a month. You have no time to think about anything. right you have No time to, you know, exercise, my health wasn't great. You know, you have no time, you're busy, you're dealing with problem after problem, which is this business. Um, and, and it's nice cause we're getting to that point now in our business where everybody, where I can take, you know, Elena's here, I can say, you know, Hey, Elena, go do something different. She's doing a women's club. She's doing right. like, like we, before you're doing 50 houses a month, there's no time to say, Hey, you don't have time to go do this stuff, right? You have no time to do other things and try some other ideas and bring <clears> out creativity. And, yeah. and this, this time's allowing us to have those conversations and, 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 and not really worry about, you know, exactly what it's going to be. Um, cause we don't know where it's going to go,
0: no that's um, huge. But, but it's been fun. Yeah. So you have a woman's event. Do you want to talk about that?
1: Yeah, I don't even know. I'd have to, I mean, you probably need to go talk to Elena because I don't even know much about it, but I gave her the go ahead. I said, go do it after some fighting. Yeah. I said, go do it. <laughs> and,
0: uh, and I wish, are you, you going to be there at the woman's event? No, they won't, let me. Oh, they won't let me. You're doing a woman's event or not you, but Yellowbirds doing a yep. woman's event. Talk about connect. Yeah, we have a, um, so it should be, I think it's the first Thursday in March. Um, oh, nice.
1: We we actually had a meeting today to finalize everything there. Um, it's it's uh, we host a uh, meetup sort of event. We used to do it once a month. Um, once a month's a lot. Like what Jack's Ria does for you guys. Like it's a lot of work. It takes a lot of it's a lot of work. It's a lot of prep. Um, it's 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 the best thing you can do. Also a lot of distraction, right? Like it takes time. It takes your staff away if you want it to be done like professionally and, and, right. and hosted, and host right. So um, we're gonna this year we're gonna switch up to doing it quarterly. Um, But we're doing a lot of the different stuff we're doing this year is we're gonna do some like uh, smaller events. Elaine actually just did uh, like a social event with uh, talking about social, uh, um, talking about like social media and, and bringing in agents and stuff, and doing some small group stuff, which we've never done. Oh, okay. Um. So we're gonna start doing some of that and uh, some live, some like uh, webinar events and just some different stuff, just to try it out. Like we're kind of in that discovery phase of like, where do we want to take it? How far do we want to go?
0: Right. Um. And we don't know the right answer, but but we're not giving up on it by any means. Just because I'm curious, like, what are what are the biggest challenges with running an operation right now? I think we went through that. But but like deeper <laughs> just like, you, get, just want, like deeper. you just want more I want just more want more
1: I want you to cry the, man the, the biggest challenge is yourself right yourself identifying what you want why do you run a business why do you show up every day why do you care why do you care for your employees is, is what's it about that's the biggest mm-hmm. challenge Our are ish any issues we have in our office are spurred from leadership they're spurred from us so if if, if we don't give good like our office has gone through transitions like everybody else and it's not anybody in my office's fault it's me not giving them the right thing so the biggest challenge is us figuring out what we want for Mm -hmm. sure hands down if you can get a line and you can get really clear on what you want it's it's much easier to put it down the line and, 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 and bring it within the business when you don't have that it's it's really hard that's huge. So, yeah, no, I appreciate
0: that.
2: Thanks for letting me ask a question. Gee, Kyle, love you, man. Up, man. Uh, just want to say thank you to Kyle. I went to breakfast with Kyle about two and a half, maybe three years ago. Changed my life, changed my mindset and helped me get on a better path and do really well in real estate. So I have a question because I know you all are focusing more on the real estate brokerage side of things traditionally. And I know your team has always been open about you know certain processes because I was a part of Peapod. If you guys know anything about Peapot, that's great too. Is just a lot of great stuff that Yellowbird can help you with. Um, so are you guys still open, like people on your team, as far as like any systems you guys are using to are, like buyer, like traditional buyers, because you know, you know, lead flows and things like that in the traditional side is very important. That's so part of our business as well as, is that something you guys are still willing to share?
1: As far as what we're doing? Yes. I mean, we're, so we've got a, we've got a really good sales people, sales team, probably seven or so like sales agents, their, their background and where they were trained was buying houses, right? Like that's where they were trained. Market shifts and, and, and we need to make sure we can keep them in the right opportunities, right? And make sure that we're, you, you'll lose your sales team if you don't provide them something. And so doing retail transactions and saying, Hey, listen, like six months ago or a year ago, I wouldn't even allowed it within our Like we would, we would have just said like, punt those, give them to somebody else. Not what we do um, today. We, we, you know, we have to do that in order to keep our people fed, right, and keep everybody going. So, um, so we've kind of opened that up and allowed everybody to kind of create what they need to create during these times where we're, where we're not as confident, where we can't go, we're not doing 50 houses a month. And so that's really it um, for us is, is just kind of opening that up. Um, I've, we've all been around, like our office is full of people that have been around the retail side. Um, we understand that side as well. So it's not hard to train those people. Our people are very well trained. They know real estate. So it's a very easy transition for them. Um,
3: Thank you. But no, no problem. Gee, Kyle, thanks so much for doing this. Uh, I also went to a breakfast with Kyle several years ago. Uh, it took forever to get there, coming from uh, Fleming Island. And uh, you we lived, have You live to- in the wrong
1: spot, that's why. You need right. to move to the beach.
3: Uh, my, my question is more about hard money. You know, How has hard money evolved with the changes in the market? And where do you see that going in the future sure
1: for me nothing's really changed so i we um a big a big focus of what i do not really a big focus doesn't take a lot of time but we lend we lend hard money so if anyone in here ever is looking to borrow money um we typically have plenty available um not not really anything's changed on my side we're still doing the same loans we've always done um and so yeah i charge the same amount i've always charged doing the same type of loans we've always done i'm pretty conservative um as far as my lending criteria but i know the business and i know where my risk is so um, unique about us is we lend our own money uh, I, I can promise I don't think anyone can do it faster than me um, as far as closings I mean we close the same I'll have people call I've, me at 1 I've o'clock I felt that yeah people call me at 1 o'clock and say I need to close at 2 o'clock and like I can do that like so we're so we're really unique there um, we uh, but it but but the business has changed the the one nice thing for us and i know you're a lender too glenn but one of the nice things for us is a lot of our competition the places where people previously were going have dried up or changed a lot so before we were maybe more expensive now since i haven't really raised my rates at all i'm kind of not that far from market right Right, not that far from where a lot of the lending homes and a lot of these guys have, have gone to so for us that's helped Um, and, uh, and it's just a business that we understand really, really well. And it's really easy and doesn't take much thought because it's, it's what I know. Um, so for us, it's, for us, it's good. We haven't had any issues, no defaults, no, um, no nothing from our side of running the business. Um, but again, we're pretty conservative. We like to, we like to lend on deals. We understand, um, ultimately, and we understand the borrower, we understand what they're going to do. Um, and we understand like. The risk in a deal and if there's risk in a deal honestly we, we typically pawn them and, and and let them go somewhere else so thank you good question though thank you glad you brought up hard money because i haven't talked about that
3: at all kyle question on your rental portfolio um heard you know bits and pieces here and there but uh i guess the the main thing is you know owning thousands of single-family homes um how did exactly did you scale to that point i, I know you do them one at a time right sure but from what I understand, you, you had a partner with that, if I if am if, if I understand correctly. Um, would you mind sharing kind of the intricacies of that? Did, w- were they kind of the money and you sourced the deals? Did you guys have an equity stake together when you mm-hmm. cashed out? And that's kind of when you made most of your money as, as in addition to the cash flow in the meantime. Sure. Kind of what, what did that look like? How did you get there, if you don't yeah. mind me asking? So, yep. um,
1: so in about 2011 or 12, I probably bought my first rental. So they, we're, we're, we're talking about the Wild West. We're talking about a completely different time period. We are not there today. A um, lot more capital available t- today. Way more capital. Um, at the same time, the prices are just not even. You know, we're we're buying twenty, thirty thousand dollar houses in, in Cedar Hills, which you're going to buy at a wholesale level for hundred and twenty today, right? So you're talking about one hundred thousand dollars in a lot of cases. Acquisition price higher than it was. Um, we grinded. I mean, for the 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 truth of our the truth of our portfolio, it went from you know, one house in 2011 to about a little over 1,250 houses at its peak. Um, I sold about 900 of them last year a, and I sold 750 in a bulk sale and about 150 one-off. I still own 300 something today, 350 or so um, today that we still own and we self-manage them. But for us, it was, um, I had one primary investor uh, that recently sold his business in this 2011. And, and back then it was just a different thing. Like people just didn't have money, right? Like asking for money. And I was also very naive to it. like. We, I got a but basically I got a guy to give me $4 million um, as a sort of line of credit ish. I gave him 25% of the company at the time um, and, uh, and grew pretty much using that $4 million, grew that to, you know, 1,250 houses or almost 1,300 houses at one point by, by buying, you know, our first package, we bought 80 houses, it was, we had $4 million into it. So $50,000 a door, you can't do that today. So right. the same numbers don't work. Uh, over $50,000 door, bought 80 homes, went to a bank. They gave us, you know, they gave us 3 million on it. We took that 3 million, we went out and bought 60 houses. Went to the bank, they gave us, you know, 2 million. Went to, with that 2 million, then, and then going back to the first one, refinancing that one to kind of go. And it was a constant grind. We never had enough money. Um, we were, I, I tell this joke a lot, but we used to, uh, not really a joke, but um, we used to buy a lot of the tax deed auction. And in 2011, 12, 13, like the tax deed auction was gold. Like it was absolutely gold um there was not much competition we would bid on houses and, and it's hard for you guys to probably understand this but there'd be like quality houses and i would have one hundred twenty thousand dollars in the bank right that's all i got and like payroll comes out tomorrow and i know payroll's 30 and so so i've really got 90 to spend and we would bid and try to buy as many houses as we can with 90, and every single time I'd spend more than the, I'd spend the 120, like, and I'd, and I'd have to make calls the next day for payroll, right? And figure out how the hell to, to raise 30 grand or call your parents or whatever, right? Hell yeah. So you're like doing whatever you can do. Um, but but you'd be bidding on houses and it would be like $8,100. Let's, let's go up to 83, we're gonna stop at $8,300. Like that was the bidding process. And you look back on it and we're talking about like good houses. Like today yeah. you take stuff you buy for 80 grand today. Right. And we're you know 8200 let's let, let's punt that one let that one go and we'll, we'll wait for the next one like these guys only have so much money right, right. and this is we're talking about hundred dollars bids at a time um, but there'd be two or three hundred houses we would get there at seven in the morning and and it wouldn't be done till nine o'clock at night you know the next thing so this is a different environment right like I don't I don't know if I tell anybody to go out and scale up and buy a thousand houses or if that opportunity makes sense today it's a different environment um, but for us it was just Wild west it was literally just every dollar we made um, we put back into it, and we just knew you get to a point where you're buying houses for thirty thousand dollars. You know, if you're buying a Cedar Hills house for thirty thousand dollars, well, the market drops twenty percent. You know, okay, you lost six grand, right? Like, there's just not. You get to a point where you just know, like this, it can't get yeah. cheaper, right? You're so far below replacement cost. And for us, we just bought as many as we could. The mistake, the biggest regret I have, and I don't really regret because it's all worked out fine. But the biggest regret I have is we were so naive on how big that opportunity was. And yes, we bought a lot of houses. But for every one I kept I, I bought three to four that I sold because I had to make money like I still had to have income I still had to pay my people. there's no money in rentals, you're buying them you're renovating them the, the cash flow is not there when you're when you're growing like
0: that right
1: um, And so you know we bought I mean, I was buying, we didn't, and, and we kept lower end stuff because it was cheaper, and I could get more units. So I'd buy stuff at Jack's Beach for sixty-five thousand dollars and wholesale it for seventy thousand dollars to make five grand, and then I'd keep West Thirteenth Street because yeah. I bought I bought them for twelve thousand dollars, right? And and the truth of the matter is, I probably would have been better just sitting on everything I bought on the beach, and it would have been worth way more money.
3: No, yeah. oh, that's awesome. I appreciate you sharing that. Yeah, no problem. Um, if you don't mind a follow up, then uh, so when when I guess. you're when it came to the partner side of it. uh, Just curious, I mean, how did you connect with that person? what part of the business did they invest in at that point then? Was it the flipping and, and that's kind of how? That, that was, well, the rental was just,
1: that was, I had a, I had another business partner at the time. It was me and another guy named Andy. I had another business partner at the time and we were buying and flipping and doing all kinds of just single family stuff mainly. Um, wholesaling, flipping, doing that stuff. The rent, we just, we sat there I mean, and he sat there and said, hey, like we should be buying rentals. Like, why do we not figure out how to do this? And then, like I said, the, the mistake I made was, you know, I got introduced to this guy that had 4 million bucks and we just, and at the time we we're like, this is awesome, right? Like $4 million, we can go do some damage with this. The truth is, is, the opportunity was so much bigger and knowing it today, it's not hard. Like there was, there was 10 other people that had money, but back then you just think no one has money, everyone's losing it. and that's not, it wasn't the case. Like the confidence wasn't there. Like if that happened today, it'd be so much easier for me to know how to raise a hundred million dollars. Like it would not, it would not take long. Um, and, and, and it's not even that I have like the skill set to do it. I just know that there's always capital looking for opportunity always sorry
0: no problem thank you great question so I have a follow-up question to that Um, as far as somebody so two things right like would you advise starting buying rentals heavy um, as far as something to do right and then how would you structure it different now than before
1: I mean, I think it's, it goes back to that micro level. It's the personal choice. What do you want to do? What's your maximum potential, right? Like, what's your maximum? If I thought my maximum potential was what I do today, I would we would just sit here and flip 30 houses a month forever, right? But we think we have the ability to do something bigger, right? And so I think everybody should look first at, at you know, why are they doing it? What's the purpose? Is there a reason behind it? Um, owning rentals is a long-term game. You're not going to make a bunch. I mean, you can make a bunch of money in the short term if, you, if the market just appreciates like it did. So if you bought them two years ago, and yes, you've made money because the market went up, right? But the actual cash flow from a traditional thing is a very long-term game. The winners of real estate are the ones that hold it, right, right? forever. So, um, but that's still a personal thing, and 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 if that distracts you, like if that one or two or five rental houses, and a good example, like my, my father-in-law owns three rentals. He's had them forever still mows the grass, right? And he just doesn't leave it. And he's, a, he's, he's an attorney, probably makes, you know, probably could bill it $500 an hour, but he's still out there mowing the grass. And you start looking at the economics of that when you're like, man, like what if you would have just not had that? Yes, they've made you money because you've owned them for 35 years, but that $500 an hour compound over 35 years would just be so much more, like right. so much more. And so I think it's a, it needs to be a personal decision. You should have a good reason why you're doing it with a long-term horizon. And if you can have all that, then I think it's a great business. It doesn't really matter what you buy, like as long as it cash as long as you don't it, doesn't, you know, it covers the debt service or whatever you're looking for. There's not really a bad piece of real estate to own, um, but most personalities cannot go through hard times. Right, plain and simple. Stock market, you know why? Like market goes down, people sell. Like, like it, it's not that the company, nothing in the company changed. You know, nothing happened overnight. But the, the emotions of people just they can't survive change. And, and that's it's, it's the beautiful thing. It's why we have a market. Nobody wants to have something that's stagnant forever. Right. right. So it's great that that happens at the same time. It's not built for every, the people that do that and freak out every time something happens or sell stocks every time the market dips or they hear a report like those are the guys that get crushed. Right. Um, and so if you have the right mentality and you can do it long term, it's the right way to go. But I still think like I think if if you had twenty thousand dollars in the bank and you want to get into real estate and you wanted to own a rental, a rental property i don't think that's where your twenty thousand dollars should go right plain and right. simple not it shouldn't be like let me put all my money and go buy one property mm-hmm.
0: like i think that's a really poor move right so so if, if it was somebody's motivation to go build a, a large por- portfolio what would be the ideal way to, just, it to, depends to on the that it
1: depends on the capital how much work they want to do what i did was a grind Right. Like an absolute grind, like like working forever, a lot of obligations, contractor issues, permitting issues, city issues, raising money, you know, having to get debt, like it's not easy. That's most people can't go through that. Like there's plenty and simple. Um, and so it, it, but again, just personal, just what do you want to do? Come up with a plan, figure out how you're gonna do it. Mm. Right. And and then don't look back and don't change your mind. If it's buying rentals and buying three a year, it's a great thing. You buy three a year for 10 years, you own 30 houses. If you you just can mentally stick with it forever, like you're going to be rewarded. Right. Um, Right. But you'll also be rewarded if you just buy $3,000 of S&P stock, you know, every month for the rest of your life too. Like, and you don't look at it, right? You'll be, the problem is everybody looks at it and sells when they think, you know, they hear a news thing. But if you just do that forever, like history has proven it. And as long as you trust America to some extent, then you're going to probably win. Right, right. Do you trust America? Yeah. Yeah. Nice. Yep, our system's too good. All right. That's right. You
3: touched on this here and there a little bit, but as you can see, I have my kids here. And I was just wondering, specifically, someone at their age, you were talking late teens, looking at college, um, even brought his friend. What advice would you give that particular demographic if they're looking to get into real estate, explore what's right for them? How would you address that particular for yeah, sure, yeah. I mean, I think it's, I think
1: one is as a parent, I don't think you force your kid to do anything, right? Like, like everybody's not made out for this. Like, there's different personalities, there's different types. It doesn't mean real estate's not for everybody, but everyone's not made out for it. Um, finding your first mentor is so important, and and and, and you can go so wrong with working with the wrong person first, right? And you can really get a bad, bad direction, and and you could really like just mess yourself up. So, like, I think if if I had a 15-year-old son that wanted to do what I did and, and I prefer for it not to be me I would tell him to go work every single day for that person for, for free for the next three years and the education you would get from that Would be absolutely massive and, and 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 if that's what you wanted to do it would it would be the best money time You've ever spent right um, because the real-life experience of that is is the one thing you can't get and and it, but but I will say like you just see it all the time where people join the wrong thing or they join, they pay for a boot camp that's wrong or they get just misled down the wrong road. And it's just so important to do that and surround yourself, you know, in a lot of ways with the people that you want to become. Um, And so if you can do that, and if you can get that opportunity, and and a lot of times you'd be surprised and like people are willing to help and people are really willing to help like younger generations. Like I'm way more willing to help a 15 year old that came to me than a 65 year old. I just can communicate better. I feel like I want to be the dad, right? Like versus, Versus the other way around, so I would say, like, get out there and meet people, learn to network, learn to get comfortable public speaking. Wish I did it like earlier, and I wish it was something that was like more ingrained. But like, that's where I would focus: <laughs> relationships, public speaking. Um, try to get, try to get really good at that, um, and and then just be absolutely patient too. Like,
0: you've got so much time. Yeah. So. Yeah. That's awesome. Well, dude, I'm ready to hit the bar. So, this has been amazing. I mean, I can't believe this just happened, right? I've been doing the podcast for like almost three years now, and I never would have thought we would have done a live recording in front of the RIA with, as we were saying earlier, thousands of people here yeah, watching. There's there's there. <laughs> uh, you standing can't see room. it in the camera, but I yeah, promise you, there's thousands of people up, here. The pools watching. up, the pools up there even. Yeah, funny. yeah. So. Um, Thanks again for doing this, man. man, And and, I mean, one thing I've, I've always learned from you, man, is you've just always been an open book, right? You've just always just share, uh, and, and you're just straightforward. Right. Um, and I feel like me as, as somebody is a growing investor here in Jacksonville, every conversation, every breakfast I have with you, every phone call I have with you, has been just very impactful. So I appreciate that, man. And thank Thank you for doing this. And, and I want to thank Jack's Ria for, for doing this. Um, giving us the platform, everybody for coming out, hanging out with us, Um, and with that being said, guys, I'm G, and this is the Cash Geeks Network. Boom.